0: Hey everybody, Chad Burmeister, CEO of Scalex.ai and the AI for Sales Expert on the Sales Experts channel. I'm getting good at saying that over the last 60 episodes. <laughs> and uh, today I've got Michael Engler on the call. He is with Sales Acceleration. And as he describes it, it's the big red toolbox for coming in and helping organizations uh, accelerate their sales process, help them realign sales, build sales teams, and he's had quite a lot of success over the years in doing this. So, Michael, welcome to the show.
1: Hey Chad, great to be here. Thanks.
0: Yeah, I always love the pictures behind you. What um, can you? Def- it looks like a golf course on the top one. Are they all golf, cor-
1: well, golf know, course? Oh, you know, you you wouldn't be a, a associated with sales if it has something to do with golf, right? You got you got to fit the stereotype. So yeah, I've got a few pictures back there that talk about you know the importance of goals and being uh, you know persevering and, and being deliberate. And then, um, yeah, the, the one on the bottom there is uh, some friends of mine got to, to play golf with the, uh, the the great Tony Finau uh, down Pinehurst number two. And so uh, we, we got truly humbled on a humbling golf course with a professional. And, you know, so that's why I do what I do. Um, you know, so uh, I've just watched what they do on, on over the weekends.
0: That's awesome. My Pinehurst two story was with Chris Beale who played barefoot. Um, and so he, it was with the AAISP and it was him, Larry Reeves, Bob Perkins, Chris Beal and me. And Chris was playing barefoot. We were surprised on such a nice course that they would let him out there without any shoes. But <laughs> I guess it doesn't hurt the greens that way. So, uh, you know,
1: they're, they're purists down there, so they probably appreciated it. <laughs> yeah.
0: And then my other golf story was 1997 at the Phoenix open when Tiger shot his hole in one and I was standing on the tee box and
1: watched that happen. So was that at 16? Yeah. Nice. Nice. That's the experience. That's, that's the, that's on my bucket list.
0: Yeah. The best hole in golf. Well,
1: yeah, well, let, yeah. let's dig in. I
0: think in preparing for today's conversation, what, what I discovered is that, you know, how you arrange the pieces on the chessboard, if you will, the sales team and is very important. And I think a lot of us as business leaders tend to try to take on the way of the world and, and run it ourselves and, and that doesn't always work. Um, I'll, I'll even tee it up that I talked to the CEO of Codebreaker Technologies yesterday and Codebreaker can go in and, and formulate your bank code, which B stands for blueprint, A is action, N is nurture and K is knowledge. And so they can plug it in through LinkedIn. So right before this call, I actually ran yours your action, nurture, blueprint, and knowledge. So guess what? Most people that I sell to are action. And, and she said, that's perfect because you should sell the same way to the same. In an ideal world, you wouldn't actually have to learn all about all the different ways people think and behave. You just line up two action people. And yeah. then when we're talking, it's just, it's smooth. Love um, that. I think so that same philosophy of lining personality to personality also cuts across many different layers like SMB versus enterprise versus government. Let's talk a little bit about, you know, when you go into a company and they have, whether it's two reps, five reps or 50, Mm -hmm. what do you generally see in, in how they're doing it right or doing it wrong?
1: Well, I, I tend to focus heavily on, you know, what what levels of, of process does a business have in place? And when we look at, um, you know, stepping in as a, as a fractional sales leader, we tend to look at the people, the process, and the tools. So you're hitting the, the first part of that, right, is you look at the team and you start, you know, evaluating, you know, are they a team? Are they seller a bunch of individuals? Can they sell as a team? I've oftentimes said that sales is a team sport, especially if you're in you know a, a channel selling type of environment. Um, you know, if you've got multiple uh, uh, offerings or if you've got uh, complex offerings, where you need technology terms, right? How well does a team work together as well as, as individuals? So as you're evaluating the team, you, know, you look at the individuals and you say, can they function as a team? Can they function on their own? Um, you know, you've always heard the, the terms, you know, right person, right seat, right person on the bus. All, you know, you, 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 it comes from the books, right? So you, you, you use those filters, right? to establish, you know, what are we working with here as a start, right? Do you have a, a team that's cohesive? Do you have a, a group that can work together um, and, and as individuals on their own and, and how well are they supporting what the team's mission is? The company's mission is.
0: Yeah. Well, let's, let's double click, right? Roman numeral one team, right person on the bus, uh, real world example, right? My sales team, um, I had a person past tense that was very good at transactional sale. So $500 a month, you know, customer comes in and it's, here's the hammer, there's the nail, boom. And one call closed 45 minutes. And um, he started moving into some of the $40,000 transactions. And that was, you know, a little big for for him because he hadn't necessarily sold a lot of $40,000 deals in his life. Same thing on the other side of the coin, the, the, Rep who sells fifty to five hundred thousand dollars deals, trying to get into the six thousand dollar land, you know that's a it's a totally different mindset. Yeah. So, have you found that you're able to train someone to go from five hundred down to six and six up to five hundred, or how does that, you know, how does that work?
1: (laughs) Well, I think you're starting to make the transition now. You know, in terms of you know people process and tools, you're now transitioning from people and now into process, right? Because as you define process, now you're saying, okay, I'm talking to this kind of customer, they're giving me these kinds of triggers, I need to go down this conversation path and here are the things that I can present to this customer to ensure that this customer gets the right experience and the company can can uphold what I'm saying, right? So now you're basically talking about the training that's aligned to you know, what, what path do I take a certain customer down based on their responses to the questioning, right? So mm-hmm. you put that playbook together that allows the team to say, look, I'm gonna take a customer to a certain point and depending on how the Q and A goes, There could be a pass off to somebody else, or I could take it, but I just need to go down a different path and and, and have a different conversation. And and a lot of the times what what I focus on as as the sales mechanic working with sales acceleration is we document that stuff, right? We get in, we talk to the the people who are experts in what they do. We don't tell them, you know, in many ways, we find the experts and we're just documenting it in a way that says, okay, you've got certain swim lanes and where you want to have your conversations. And at some point it may make sense to jump lanes. At some point, it just may make sense to alter the conversation. But if you document that, then what that's going to do is allow you to have some consistency, especially as in the manager's role, right? You want to be able to see what that looks like. And then as you're, as you're in, in the space where you're hopefully growing your business and expecting to hire, well, you're going to hire in certain spaces. If you're growing in the SMB space, well, guess what? You got a process there that when you when you hire people to grow in the SMB space, that becomes their onboarding. That helps them to get trained up as, as soon as possible and, and be you know pr- productive salespeople as quickly as possible.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's interesting because as I think through a, a typical ScaleX customer, um, traditionally it's been funded seed round series a series b series c they've just gotten a million dollars to 20 million dollars and they have to grow or they don't make it to the next round Mm -hmm. so i call it an imperative to grow and so it it can look like a duck and it's like look this comp, chad what gives man they're a tech company they have five employees just like the other one what why are you beating me up on this and if I could have the CRM show red and green and just color it as simple as that and say, hey, this is a green customer. They just got a million or more in money. They have an imperative to grow. This is a red one. they If you ask them to spend $80,000, they'll punch you in the nose and make it hurt. <laughs> you know? So it, it's, it's interesting because what you're talking about, diagramming those kinds of business processes it can make all the difference in the world, right? And the rep becomes more happy, the company's happy, the CRO's happy. Um, getting that right at, at a high level, and and with the data tools these days, so much is possible, right? You just plug in Zoom Info or Inside View or any of these technologies, and it'll tell you exactly who your great customers are and
1: who your best yeah. Are, your no, person. you're 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 exactly right, Chad. I think you know there's so much to be said for the value of getting quickly to a no. I mean, what, what you just talked about, the red, the green is qualification, right? So getting to a disqualification fast is almost as valuable, if not more valuable in terms of time and money and opportunity cost than getting to a yes. I mean, there's so much to be said for being able to say, okay, define where you go and then focus and concentrate there and remove the noise of things that, that, are, that are in the way. Okay, so we started with people we've talked
0: a little bit about process and it, I think it totally makes sense, right? How do you define your lanes, swim lanes for different roles and people in your company? Um, What about tools? It's so overcrowded today. You know, where
1: does one start? Yeah. I mean, you're right. Whether it's tools to to generate leads tools to process leads tools to qualify leads for me the biggest tool that i tend to focus on is is the backbone of of any selling organization and that's the crm you know you got to have a crm that's going to work for you as a business um and i encourage even the solopreneurs out there you know there's plenty of options out there that are either free or relatively inexpensive Use that CRM to, to drive your business. Have a mobile version of it that you carry with you. You're going to you spend as much time in that as you will in your email because that's what's going to keep you knowledgeable and keep you current with your customers. So, you know, we talked about process, you know, in terms of sales process. A good sales process will, and, and it's going to be custom for each business, but a good sales process will basically tell that seller, here's the steps that you need to go through. As you're, as you're transitioning a customer from lead through to close, right? There are going to be certain triggers, you know, you talk about quoting, you talk about um, negotiating, and at some point there's a close, and at some point you get to a win-loss, right, at the very end. And, you know, those types of things can translate into a pipeline, right? So you, 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 you take that sales process, you lay it into a CRM, you dump your customers in, And and the values that are associated with those customers and their opportunities, along with where are you in the selling stage? Now, all of a sudden, as a business, you've got visibility into where's your pipeline, right? You have a pipeline visibility that says, I'm expecting I'm going to close this this in this amount of time and you can, you can judge it based on dollars, you can judge it based on time, and you've got the probabilities behind that, that hopefully you've got some, some history that you can, you can use to, uh, to establish what, that, what those close percentages will be, but it gives you the ability to say, okay, my pipeline is this. It also helps you from a marketing standpoint to say you backtrack and you say, okay, let's say my average client is a thousand dollar client and history tells me that I'm closing 20% of my leads. Well, now all of a sudden, you know that a lead is worth two hundred dollars to you. Think about what that can do for a small business that's trying to figure out where do I spend my marketing dollars, right? How much do I spend on marketing? What's the ROI on that, right? ROAS, take your pick, right? It, that all of that helps enable the things upstream to again grow your business.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, tell us a little bit about how you got into this line of work because. Um, the sales mechanic. It's interesting. I've I've often been given the, you know, Chad, you're doing so good at pipeline and top of funnel. I'll get into a company and and I'll crush my quota, but they'll say you should go be the sales mechanic. And <laughs> and over the years, I've got I've kind of said, well, wait, I'm really good at selling and I can make a ton of money over there, and yet you're asking me to go be the sales mechanic. That's kind of why I, I built this business, because I'm like, you know, I'm sick of people telling me to go be the sales mechanic. I like the selling part. And so now I can kind of get to do both. Yeah. <laughs> Tell yeah. us how you got to be the sales mechanic, right? Take us through from even when you were younger, how'd you know you wanted to get into this kind of work?
1: Yeah, well, well I will say, you know, the, the, the name sales mechanic was, um, I came up with that almost on a whim um, as I was uh, stepping out and, and doing my own business. Um, it, 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 really, the name is an homage to my grandfather and father who, uh, started and ran Englert's garage through the, the, the second half of, of last century. And I, I, of course, growing up in that small business and, and, I started off, you know, being a maintenance guy and also a mechanic before I went to college. Um, I know what it's like to take care of customers in that capacity. And, um, you know, I, I as I've started to parallel, the experience I had with my, my family business in terms of how we took care of, it was a small town, so we took care of local, local customers. And, and the way that that happened is very much the way that I treat my clients today. Um, you know, a business that needs my help knows they need my help in the same way that if you're driving your car down the road and all of a sudden you start hearing a noise or there's a clunk or there's something, you go, oh my goodness, I have a problem. I'm not going to be able to get to my destination. I need help. Nobody's happy about taking their car to the shop. It means it's going to cost me some money. But you know what? At the end of the day, you got to do it because you got to get on with life. You got to get to the store. You got to get your kids to where you got to do, right? So for me, that's exactly the, the model that I, that I follow is I get myself in front of people so that they know that this is the skill that I have. These are the tools that I can use to support it. And when your business, when you run into a situation where your business needs that kind of help, you know where you can bring it. And at that point, it's, it's Mike getting involved as a sales mechanic, diagnosing your business on the sales front. What are the problems? What are the things we need to fix? How do we, how do we make those fixes happen? And again, I look at the people the process and the tools that you're using, what's broken and how do we fix those? What do we need to fix that? And it's usually the thing that then frees up the ability to grow, right? So it could be you're in a growth business or it could be you're in a decline, but one way or the other, it's all about getting revenue back on track and getting you on that path to success.
0: Yeah. What what role, I'd be curious on this question, what role does the founder's mindset play in this entire equation? Because people, process, technology are kind of things that are inside the business. For, for me personally, a couple of years ago, I kind of had an upper limit on my own successes. And so Dan uh, Martell, who's out of Canada, who ha- helps major SaaS entrepreneurs you know, blow through their own expectations, he said, you either have $10 problems, $100 problems, $1,000 problems, $10,000. And he's like, the level of problem that you can deal with is the level of success you're going to have. And so I used to be living in 10, 20. He's like, look, a $10 problem, you're driving down the freeway and someone cuts you off and you yell at them and you hold it for the rest of the day. And, you know, now I just had this week a $27,000 customer sign up and they came back. They're like, you know, now that we've tried to introduce it to the sales team, you know, they're not quite sure, hey, can we just cancel? And there's, you know, no, we've bought all the technology and we've already done three onboarding calls and like, that's no. So I would call that a $27,000 problem. And yet we've, you know, once once you can take that head on, you've handled it. You know, enough times, you know, kind of where it goes. So, long story short, do you find that there's a need for mindset mechanic as much as there is sales mechanic inside of these companies that you work with?
1: Well, you know, our process tends to very much mimic, if you're familiar with like EOS and, you know, how those implementers work with businesses, um, wherein, and I've heard an EOS implementer say this, you know, if you have to drag them in, you have to drag them through. Right. And that's, that's hard work. So, you know, to your point, you really have to have that entrepreneur, that business owner that has the presence of mind to know, get out of the. It, it's, it's time for me to get out of the way. Right. Let me focus on what I got to focus on because there's a spot over here that just needs some concentrated help and effort. And I can bring in the right person. I can then go focus on what I need to focus on and allow this to happen. Uh, most of, of the conversation that I would have with a business in the, on the front end tends to, to be about just analyzing where is the mindset of this owner or, or you know, this entrepreneur? Because they really have to be in that position where they're willing to give up the reins for a bit and, and allow the process to work through and get it better um, and then we'll, we'll define what the end game needs to look like in terms of who runs it after we've put all these things in place, right? That, that's absolutely a, a path that we want to go down. But the first thing that has to happen is that entrepreneur has got to be able to, to, to say, yeah, I, I need some help. This is not my space. It's not what I do. I mean, and, and in all fairness, in most cases, that entrepreneur probably is the best selling person in the company, right? But they're not the best selling manager, right? Remember, there's a huge difference. You know, we've all made that mistake where you take the best salesperson, and you say, oh, they're the best salesperson. They got to be the best sales manager. And then we've seen how that plays out. Right. That's not how it should play out. You know, you want to have the right person with the right tools and, and that 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 structure underneath that allows that person to be successful. And so, um, you know, the best thing we can do when we're having that conversation with that owner is for them to recognize that, yeah, I, I, I'm in a am at a pain point. I need help you guys do this. We'll check in once a week. We'll make sure that we're, here's what we're implementing, you know, as far as our scope of work. And as we go through it, that structure gets built out. And then, and then that owner starts to realize, ah, oh, this is what it's like to run a sales organization. Then they have an educated opportunity to make a decision. Do they want to step back in and do it? Or is it an opportunity to maybe hire somebody else and bring them in and, and run it at that point?
0: Yeah, totally get it. I mean, again, going back to your profile on Codebreaker, action, nurture. Nurturers tend to be really good at people management and people and you know everybody getting along. And so my N is third one down. Mine's action, knowledge, nurture, and then blueprint. So blueprint's all the way down the list. My son, on the other hand, I'm sure if he took it, he'd be blueprint first. He's an engineer and, and he's going to be an engineer after he gets through college. And um, so- Now that I have Rich on the team, he's nurture first and action, uh, nurture first, blueprint second, and action third and then knowledge. And so we balance each other so perfectly where, you know, for me, that blueprint piece of documentation and putting it all in writing, I'm just... I couldn't be bothered by it, and I could recognize at Ring Central, you know, my the VP. Sorry, Fiza. <laughs> she was like, Chad, what's going on? You didn't document any of this, and I'm like, that's why we have ops people, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so, what um, what are the two to three questions? Uh, kind of last question for you here. If if a founder, CEO, or head of sales is listening to this conversation and they're going into 2021 and saying, okay, 21's my year, 20 sucked, let's go. What are the two to three questions they that they may be asking that would cause them to pick up the phone and give the sales mechanic a call?
1: Yeah, no, great. Thanks for, thanks for that. So I would say the first thing is, you know, look back on the year, right? Be honest with yourselves. Obviously, we've had a lot of disruptions throughout the year. But, you know, grade yourself. Where, where did, you, did you achieve your goals at the revenue level? Did you get closer to your customers? Um, look at your customer profile. Uh, how, what percentage of your sales is coming from what percentage of your customers? If you're in a st- situation where you've got 60, 70, 80% of your, of your revenue coming from less than five customers, well, guess what? This is a real opportunity for you to, to solidify your business. Because a lot of folks may have, at the beginning of 2020, been in that situation but then one of those customers got impacted by the pandemic. Now I mean one person catches a cold and, and that whole company's got the flu, right? And you know, that it's that type of thing. So I look at sales performance, I look at the the profile of sales, and then I say, you know, look at the team in terms of. Is the team stable? Are you seeing a lot of people coming and going? And how stressful is it to manage that team? So if you're the leader and you're under a lot of stress, you ought of duress, just managing that team, trying to keep you know keep the gopher heads down, uh, whack a mole style, um, then you know you may look for opportunities to to simplify that and and you know through structure and, and other ways. Got it.
0: And how would people get a hold of you, Michael, if they're interested in in uh, help headed into the new
1: year? Yeah, the best best way to reach out for me is is uh, I'm I, I live on LinkedIn like we all do in, in these days, I think. So um, you know, just Michael Englert in on on LinkedIn. Um I uh, you can reach me through um Michael Englert at salesacceleration.com is, is my email address. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm 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 here to support. I'm local here in Raleigh, North Carolina, but through these lovely virtual tools that we have, uh we can we can pretty much take care of anybody worldwide. Excellent.
0: Well, thank you for joining today, everybody. And Michael, thank you for sharing your wisdom. I think your grandfather and father will be proud of, of what you're doing for small businesses. Uh, 50 years in a garage and, and now you're helping people do it on a different level. So nice work, man.
1: Chad, it's been a
0: pleasure. Thank you so much for the invite. i really enjoyed it. All right, everybody. Catch you next time on the AI for Sales show.